to the Urban Planners Podcast, hosted by Gigi the Planner. This podcast is about all things urban planning related and otherwise. In this setting, we'll discuss the ins and outs of the planning field. We'll even delve into some very controversial topics involving the role planners have to take in their everyday lives and jobs. Without further ado, let's jump right into today's episode. This This is Gigi the Planner. Welcome everyone to episode 14 of the Urban Planners Podcast. In today's episode, I will be interviewing Tanya McGee and we will be talking about her experiences as a PhD student and as a full-time planner. So let's jump into today's episode. Welcome Tanya. Um, Thank you for joining the Urban Planners Podcast. So first off, please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, your educational background, and what sparked your interest in planning. Okay, so my name is Tanya McGee. I'm currently associate planner in Chemin County, which is located in upstate New York. I got my undergrad degree from the University of Buffalo in history, and then I continued to university at Albany, where I earned my master's in urban regional planning, as well as my certificate in urban policy. And I'm currently a doctoral student at Binghamton University, earning my PhD under the College of Public Affairs. So I got into planning. I always knew that I wanted to advocate for disadvantaged communities. But while in my undergrad program at Buffalo, I was on the pre-law track. So I was studying for the LSAT, um, really like kind of speaking to my mentors on what kind of law I wanted to practice. And I was completely turned off from law school itself. So I started kind of researching a few master's programs and I got, um, I caught wing of like city planning and urban planning. And I never really knew what planning was. I always knew like there has to be a profession that is behind the scenes of these cities, but who exactly is that? So I researched a couple programs and at first I was turned off because a lot of them were very centered in like the school of architecture. So um, I came across Albany's program and I realized I could have a concentration in community planning and it was exactly what I wanted to do. So, Cool. Um, So funny that you mentioned that you're turned off by law school. I was trying to go to law school like two times. (laughs) Um, I took the LSAT twice and I just, it was, ugh. And it was crazy. And I should have, so all of my mentors, they all had their law degrees, but none of them were practicing law. They were in academia. So they, the dean of the law school, the president of student affairs, like none of them were practicing law. So it's like, as I got further and closer to getting to that point, they were kind of like, Are you sure you want to do this? You know, I guess I got caught at the right time. Yeah, uh, I think one of my biggest things why I didn't actually pursue it was that I think I wanted it more, less for myself than my parents wanted it for me. Um, Over time, initially I wanted to go on my own, and then over time I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. And so I just decided I'm not doing this. I'm not going to push myself. If I can't study for the LSAT, how am I going to study during law school? So I just told myself, never mind. So you're pursuing a PhD in community research in action, right? Yeah. What is that all about? Can you explain that? Yeah, it's very hard to explain. It's an interdisciplinary program. So we have my cohort, we have um, people that come from a background in education, 
social work, planning, counseling. And it's a program where you can take all of these different, these various courses in different disciplines to basically grow your dissertation. So it's under the College of Public Affairs and my committee is made up of a professor from Planning and Sustainability who is my chair, another professor from the University at Binghamton Social Work Department, and another professor who's actually at Syracuse University in social work and public health. So as I build my dissertation, these people are helping me, you know, select my courses that will help me get the proper background to kind of build that paper. Cool. So how long is the program? Is it two years, three years, four years, five years? How long is it? So this program is three years. And it's really crazy when people ask me that um, because they assume that it's like the traditional six years, but it really is an accelerated program um, where it's two years academic work and the last year is writing my dissertation. So I've just completed my first year and then this summer I will start some preliminary research. Um, And then after next year, around this time, I'll be starting to research. So how how did your first year go? How was that? Was it like a culture shock being a PhD program? How how did that how did you deal with all of that? So I will honestly say I suffered from imposter syndrome. Like it was nuts. I know that, you know, I'm a smart person, but it was like as soon as I sat through that first class, I'm looking around and I'm hearing everyone else's backgrounds and I'm like, did they just feel bad for me? Like, did they, you know, did they not have anybody else apply to the program? And I was so happy to realize that I wasn't the only one going through that. But I would say that my first year, it's definitely been a grind. It's completely different from my master's program because you know that you're working towards really building a document that is going to jumpstart your career. And it's research-based. So it's definitely been a grind, but I have an amazing cohort. We are all so close and we really look out for each other. My professors are amazing. So I've been grateful to kind of smooth sail through these last couple of weeks of the semester. That's good. Because I had a sister, a younger sister. She was um, in the PhD program. Um, Actually, when she got in, I think she was 18 at the time. So... I couldn't imagine doing it 18. Trust me, she, that was like too much for her. She backed out of it. She was going through a lot. And I really had to make sure it was something that I wanted to do because I work full time as a planner. So going to school in an accelerated program full time and working full time, it was, it's still something that like I haven't really adjusted to, but it's, it's coming. We're moving. Yeah. So I mean, how many classes are you taking per semester? So I've been taking, the fall I took three courses. This semester I took three courses and one of them was a teaching seminar. So I co-taught sustainabilities too with my, the chair of my dissertation committee. Next semester, I believe I'll be taking four classes. So I'm working with my committee now to build, to build that schedule. Cool. So are you a first generation PhD candidate or do you have people in your family that has pursued a PhD? So my immediate family, no. Um, I do have a couple of extended cousins that have completed their PhDs. I believe one in education and the other in physical therapy or social work, one of, one of the two. But for my immediate family, I am the first to, to earn a PhD. 
Cool. So you briefly mentioned um, that you are working as a full-time planner and going to school for a PhD. So how is that going for you? Because I can only imagine. Oh my gosh. This is very stressful. Yeah. So I have an amazing boss who is super patient with me. And, you know, when I told her that I wanted to apply for this program, it was kind of like apply, we'll figure it out. So I'm very grateful for her. So my day-to-day schedule is like, I'll come into work. I'll work up until my class starts. I commute an hour to school. So I'm driving an hour to Binghamton, sitting through a three-hour class, driving back, wake up the next day and do it all over. It's a lot. The workload is a lot. The reading is a lot. So there's a lot of late nights. I'm a graduate assistant. So I usually have other tasks going on with whoever my graduate advisor is. And it's an adjustment, you know, there's not a lot of sleep, but I just, you know, I focus on the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. So as a graduate assistant, is that paying for your schooling? Yes. So that pays for my tuition, which I'm very grateful for. Um, That was actually my prayer going into this program. Like, God, this desire is on my heart to do this, but I'm not going unless it's paid for. So I'm very grateful. Yeah. And I always tell people, um, my parents were very adamant about us, you know, not taking out any loans, not getting into any school debt. So if there was no way for us to get, you know, our higher education, we just weren't going to be able to do it. But I always suggest people, you know, especially going to a master's and a PhD, try to find a graduate assistantship because it's kind of hard to find scholarships and most schools aren't really offering scholarships at that level. Right. And that's the thing. There is so much money out there for master's programs. Probably not, not as much as PhD, but like if you're going to, my university is very research based. So they have money and they have funding out there. So like if you can contact the department and ask about fellowships, scholarships, any research positions, like I'd encourage them to do that. Yeah. So how long have you been working as a planner? So this, it will be my second year as a planner in June of this year. It will be my second year. Okay. And so what do you like about that job and what do you dislike? I love, as crazy as this may sound, like I love kind of the learning curves of it. So it's very intimidating. When I finished my master's program, I know these terms. I know these different job duties by the book you know, as, as much as the book shows you. But when you're actually implementing these things, like when you're doing the grant management, you know, the seeker, all of these different terms that you hear in and out of your master's courses, it's, it was intimidating for me to kind of step into those roles. But like I said, I have like a boss that's very supportive, very patient. When I started, I was working under the then associate planner and he was and still is like super, super, just great helping me with everything. So I really love my work environment. I love any chance that I get to do community engagement. I think that would be my, my favorite, favorite part about it. Something that I dislike about my job, I would say politics. That's something that I wish I had known more upon exiting my master's program. Like, I think I had one professor tell us that, you know, your job is gonna be politics, but they never really expounded upon that. Most of my job is politics. So, you know, if you, we get these ideas that we want to do, whether that be for, you know, environmental purposes. If you're dealing with a community that doesn't necessarily hold those things to the same importance as you, like, you can't really do much. 
So I would say the politics is the most difficult part of my job. Yeah, and I think that's one of my most difficult things too, because just trying to, you know, follow the book, follow the codes, and when somebody is really mad or whatever, they go to the city manager, they go to the mayor, and then like let them have it. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So do we do our job or not? And it's it's discouraging, you know. I've I've had to tell myself like stop checking, you know, the local news pages and the different various community pages because it's there's never anything that's done right. So it's you know any progress made, you know, in the city that I'm rooting on and I'm cheering for. Someone's always, you know, there's a lot of negativity that follows it. So that might be number one. <laughs> yeah. So. What are your most challenging aspects about your job for you? I know you said you briefly mentioned the learning curve. Is that the most challenging or is it something more challenging than that? I think that intertwined with being so young, people kind of might not, and I go into each role and, you know, um, kind of ready to learn, eager to be a part of things. And I think people kind of take that as, She might not know what she's doing. How did she get in this role? Is she an intern? You know, like different things like that. So I think definitely just the assumptions that come with working alongside someone that is decades younger than you. Mm -hmm. So are you the youngest by far or do you have those people like closest to your age or how is that? I'm the youngest in my department. I, I think out of all of the meetings that I sit in, I'm the youngest. Same for me. And I've been at my job for seven years. I'm still the youngest. That's crazy. I, I mean, I just came in so young. I started working there when I was 18. I was um, an intern for a year. And then, yeah, I'm still the youngest. Now, there is one girl. She is one year older than me. So you find out somebody that's close to my age. Mm-hmm. But I'm still the youngest after seven years. Oh my gosh. And it's it's like, I always wonder what it would be like to have like, you know, people close to my age, like city council, you know, and, and all of those different positions. But there's still time. Yeah. And city council, they're all old. <laughs> <laughs> they're all old. Um, but by department overall, it's pretty young. Um, we, most of the planners are in their thirties or so. Um, I remember when I first started, they were, just about everybody was in their 30s. Now we have some older people in their early 40s, mid 40s, some 50s. But yeah, I would say it's it's a good range of ages. How department. many planners are in your department? We may have like 12 or something like that. Okay. Yeah, we have a good size department. It may be more than that. I don't know. I have never actually counted everybody. <laughs> um, but it's a, it's, a, it's a decent size um, department. So you're pursuing a PhD and you're working as a planner. Most people that pursue a PhD want to teach. Is that your goal or do you want to work in this, at a city or what are your future goals? So it's crazy because at the start of this program, I was so against teaching and I'm just like, I strictly want to go into a research career. And after this experience, this teaching experience, I guess it did exactly what it was supposed to do because now I wouldn't mind teaching higher education, especially in planning, like to be a woman in planning and to be a black woman in planning. Um, I think it's an extremely valuable experience. But 
I think upon graduating my, my PhD program, I do want to just kind of dive into research. But it kind of, it dovetails because, you know, planning is super data-driven. You know, we love data. So I, I kind of want to experience the other end of that. Okay. Okay. So you don't really want to work for, in the traditional planning sense, you want to be in academia? I don't know. I love planning and I, I feel like I have so much to learn still and I'm excited to learn, but I haven't completely abandoned the idea of going into higher ed. Okay, cool. Cool. So I understand that you're working, you're still working in the office during this pandemic. Yes. How has that been? Cause I'm working from home. <laughs> so how has that been going for you? So my office, we share, um, so it's planning and then we have transportation on our floor and we also have like the economic growth center on the floor. And everyone for the most part has been working from home except my boss and I. So at first I kind of, I don't want to say underestimated, you know, everything that was going on, but I wasn't really super worried because I was going to work and going home, going to work and going home. I'm still kind of very aware and a little paranoid, but it's been going well. Everyone is well in the office, so. That's good. So are you guys letting you know, outside people in or just the workers coming in? Yeah, our, so our building is closed to the public, so it's only um, the employees that are allowed to come in. Okay, so how you guys have been faring with that? Because I know, um, depending on how you know each department is structured, when you don't, when people don't have access to come in and bring in their files, their plans, um, how are you guys dealing with that? Are they emailing them? Do you guys have online systems? Yeah, so people have been like scanning in um, or faxing in everything that they needed. We've had one planning meet, planning board meeting um, on Zoom so far, and it went well. Yes. So that'll be how we continue to do things until we get permission to kind of go back into our sense of normalcy. Okay, cool. So do you know the reason why you guys aren't working from home? Do you guys just don't have the capability or they haven't really told you? <laughs> we have the capability to work from home. So right now as a county, it's been declared that 50% of non-essential employees work from home. Mm-hmm. 50% are in office. So to me, it doesn't really make sense, but you know, it's what it is. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, basically everybody in our department, I don't even know if there's anybody working in City Hall at all for us. Our um, city departments, I believe everyone is working from home, but I technically work for the county, so okay, it's, yes, different guidelines, I guess. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah, that is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you don't have free time, but I want to ask you this anyways. Um, what have you been doing in your free time <laughs> during this quarantine? Is it just studying and reading? Wow. I have a lot of free time now that I'm not commuting to school and sitting through a three-hour course. So I can honestly say I've been catching up on sleep, Mm -hmm. catching up on all of my shows, cooking, eating, and that's about it. You know, just the things, the small luxuries that I I missed in reading. Reading, you know, non-academic stuff, I'm guessing. Academic, some, some academic stuff, but interesting interesting academic stuff, I'd say. Yeah. (laughs) So what are your long-term professional goals? Like, where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? 
in five to 10 years, I'd see myself as like already publishing. So I have, I did help co-author a publication with a professor at Binghamton University on municipal dissolution. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's currently in peer review. We don't know how long that's going to take, especially with everything going on now. But I want to keep producing, you know, literature. I'd like to have published academia for planners. Hopefully by then I am in some sort of research career, um, assisting in policy, hopefully, um, for disadvantaged communities. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, So do you have any, like, school that are you have plans to work for a school university or just do research independently i i wouldn't mind helping research for like a think tank i don't think i want to do research for a university right away um i'd love to be in dc somewhere that's like central to policy Mm -hmm. so yeah hopefully i'm in dc in the next five years Cool. Yeah, that would be fun. Okay, so as we wrap up, um, is there anything that you'd like to share with the audience or any advice you'd like to give future or current planners? Sure. So I would, I guess anyone that would like to go for a PhD, this is like advice that was given to me. I asked one of my favorite professors at Albany, um, you know, I think, I think I'm interested in going for my PhD. And he asked me immediately, like, what is your end goal? because you do not want to go through all of that money. You don't want to have to, you know, go through all of that time and work to not get to your end goal. Um, So I would just say, find a mentor, find somebody that can help you. I was so blessed to have mentors um, throughout my entire college career. um, And even in my professional career, like I still feel the need for a mentor. So find a mentor. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I don't think it's, you're ever too old to have a mentor. Um, you can always learn from somebody older than you. Definitely. And it's someone, you know, my boss, she's a woman and she's a planner, you know, we're in male dominated fields and, you know, she's just someone that I look up to, um, the way she handles day-to-day things. And, you know, she's super intelligent, but definitely find someone like that in your field. I most definitely agree with that. Okay, so would you like to share your social media platforms if anybody would like to connect with you? Sure. So my my Instagram is youlovetan, Y-O-U-L-O-V-E-T-A-N. My Twitter handle is at underscore, underscore, T-A-N-N. Cool. Well, thank you for um, being interviewed by me on my podcast. And... Um, I hope you have a good night. Thank you. You too. Thank you all for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to be interviewed in a future episode, please head over to my website at ggtheplanner.com and select the interview tab and you can request to be interviewed by me in a future episode. That's all for today, folks. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Urban Planners Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please head over and leave a five-star rating on iTunes and subscribe to this podcast so that you won't miss out on an episode. If you would like to buy personalized urban planning gear and other products or are in need of some urban planning career coaching, please head over to ggtheplanner.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and on Facebook at ggtheplanner. Have a great week and we'll see you next episode.